Hi, everyone. Welcome to the fourth edition of Beyond Norms. I'm Vanessa Candioti, your host. Today, we have an amazing guest, Anna Avtjoknik. Sorry if there is a bit of background noise, but I hope it will all be fine. Anna is a star. She's a Swedish star who lives in London, actually, who's on the board of a company called Oriflame, which is one of the top 10 social selling beauty company in the world with more than 3 million sales women, I would say mainly, around the globe selling their products, their wellness products. And I also heads her family foundation and also is a mother of three, an amazing marathon runner, skier, competitor, power woman, I would say, a bit of an enthusiast and who just give birth to her third child at home in water. So today, Anna will share with us her, the work she does by empowering women, especially in her Oriflame convention throughout the globe, but also now in her work with We Are Mother Wild and in the way that she has felt empowered by giving birth at home. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. How would you introduce yourself? I just told about your multiple power woman achievements. Which one would you say is your most amazing achievement to date? The one you're proudest of? Well, I am probably proudest of my roast of my most recent one, which is giving birth at home because, well, it's the one I guess it's most, most recent in my mind. I can almost still visualize it all. So uh, I would say it's that one. Can but you, you make me sound very, you, that was a great introduction. Thank you, Vanessa. I, I felt like, wow, I've done all that. Or I do you all have. that. <laughs> you are. You actually are the kind of woman I feel that doesn't stop to really uh, think about what you've done. Exactly. You just keep going. You just keep going. You're a mother of three. You are a professional woman. You look after your home and your partnership and all of the above. And you also take the time to inspire others yet have your own little bubble. So I wanted to ask you, how do you basically manage it all? Um, well, I, I, I'm not sure I do, but I think one of the things that keeps me like uh, balanced is that I take time. It's important for me to take time for myself Like sometimes to constantly keep going, you have to just kind of stop and be on your own for a bit. So as you know me, sometimes I'm like, nope, I need time on my own. I need to just spend time with me because uh, that kind of refills my energy and gets me balanced again. And then I can keep going and, and doing all kinds of other things. But um, yeah, I, I, need, uh, I need to kind of like look inwards and, and, and have some downtime in between everything. So what do you do when you have time off from everyone? Yeah, it can be anything from just, you know, taking walks on my own to reading, going to bed early, but it's kind of cutting out the social aspect, you know, not, not so many phone calls, not so many um, interactions. It's more like m doing things that fill me up, but it's not in the form of interactions with others. So I wanted to, I'm, I'm, I'm struck here by how well you know yourself because uh, 
thank God at 40, we start to get up to know ourselves. But so you're the kind of person basically that rejuvenates by being alone and being social sucks a bit of energy out of you, I would imagine. But a lot, because this is not the acceptable norm in our society, how do people around you take it, you know, when you say, okay, I can't do that, or I have to be on my own, or, or how do you manage in terms of running your family or friendships or, yeah. Um, well, I think one is just to not care what other people think, you know, if they want to judge you because you say no or whatever it is then that's that's their problem um but I think when it comes to you know my family and they know me so they know what I need I think my close friends know me well enough to 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 know that this is part of my personality and and it's 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 how I also re-energize myself um so I don't I don't I've stopped caring about if people you know, wonder why I say no, or, you know, don't want to hang out more than I do, or because it's not personal. It's not personal against anyone. It's just that uh, I like my needs and my body and my well-being has to come first. Yeah. So how did you, I don't imagine you say no so well from an early age, because for instance, I have this tendency to want to please and to think that being out and social may be the most acceptable thing. But I'm also somebody that regenerates herself by being on my own, by writing, by reading, by being quiet, by not doing anything. But I always struggle to say no. It's like a, it's a difficult task for me to I feel judged every time because I judge myself. So um, and with age, I guess. I learn, I learn it better. But my question is, has this been something you've done saying no all your life easily or putting your boundaries in place? I think with age, like life becomes more complex. You know, you've got job and you've got family and then you've got kids and then you've got your own hobbies. Whereas when you were younger, it was, you said yes to everything because you had so much time and you didn't have so many musts in other areas of life. But as, as you grow older, like they kind of add up. And so you need to make space, you need to decide what needs to come first and what doesn't come at all. And then maybe when we're, you know, 60, 70 again, we'll have all that time to say yes again. But it's kind of a, for me, it's a phase in life where it's, um, there's so much other stuff going on. There's so many responsibilities that are like, that need me that I, I, I have, I have to prioritize a lot more now than I did when I was 20 or 30 and probably, and yeah. Sorry, gone. And probably, yeah. Compared to maybe what I'll be 60 or 70 because that's, yeah. Can you let us know why, why you decided to have your third child at home? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, I've had easy births. I've had easy births, quick births. And, uh, the UK, I had, I had my third child at home in the UK and they're very pro home birth, which I think is fantastic because, uh, they're more home pro birth than Sweden actually. So it, you know, it was just a natural option that came up and I felt like that sounds like a great option and why not? I have, I haven't tried that and, um, sounds kind of nice and convenient. And then, to be honest, in the time of COVID, it was, it wasn't a bad choice either. So, and I'm not, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not a person who is 
afraid. I don't think of the risks because of course there are risks involved, but I, I saw more the opportunity and the possibilities and the positive aspects of it. So how did it empower you? Because it was all in my control. Um, you know, it was my home. It was according to my plan. And I was fully aware that, you know, it could very much end up being some end up in another way at the hospital, but that was fine too. Um, but it was just, you know, having followed through on something I, I, I was looking forward to and, and um, yeah, and sticking to the plan. And I didn't, it wasn't like I stuck to a plan and it was really painful and I stuck to it anyways. I mean, it just, it worked out well. And, and how uh, did you, how did you deal with the pain? How, because well, you have this, you are a marathon runner, you're a competitor, you love to, you speak to tens of thousands of women at uh, Oriflame conventions, which I said in your introduction is um, a social selling beauty company where you're uh, uh, in the board. Um, so how do you, yeah, what do you get out of all this? Well, I mean, the, like, I, of course I felt pain. I, I was kind of hoping that with the third kid, I wasn't going to feel pain. I don't know why I thought that. And because I was, I found I was very prepared and I had done hypnobirthing class and blah, blah, blah. So I don't know why I thought that I was not going to feel pain, but I did feel pain. Um, uh, but I controlled, I was able to control the pain and I was able to, you know, in my mind, control my mind around that this is natural pain that moves. It, 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 it does, it, it goes away eventually. Um, so I think it was the acceptance that this pain is natural and that this pain will, when the baby comes, it will go away. And uh, so I, I, you know, I, I didn't panic when the pain came because I knew it was part of the, part of the process. Mm -hmm. In meditation, we talk about clean pain and dirty pain. Have you heard about these? No. Um, so it's exactly what you said. Clean pain is kind of the natural pain you feel when you're physically hurt or when you're grieving or your heart is broken. You know, it's you feel the pain, yet it will go away. Uh, the dirty pain is that kind of pain. Uh, where you add the stories that your mind will make up. I'll never find love again. This pain will never stop. I'm going to die from this. And this is the dirty pain. And that often is what um, makes us lose track with the present moment because we start going uh, into stories about what will be when we actually don't know what will be. And um, whenever I hear people dealing with their clean pain the way you did, it's very empowering to just be grounded in the present moment, knowing that this is really hurtful and painful, yet it too shall pass, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, really. It too shall pass. It does. Mm. <laughs> um, so I'm very impressed. I've seen a few of um, your talks in front of thousands of women at Oriflame conventions. Um, can you let me know what you sense a woman nowadays, what is the most challenging for a woman nowadays and, and how 
you know, what you share at those conventions when you're up on stage and you're there to empower them or to to share your strength with some of those women. And I'm sure vice versa, you get some of their strength back in return when, you know, when you share that energy. Can you talk, tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. So these, you know, these women are, they're, they're, they're here to earn money, to make a career, to their professional women, but many of these women, of course, are also mothers and they're juggling multiple roles at home in relationships, in relationships to their parents, to their children, to their partners. And, and, and so I've, in, in the, I've been speaking a lot about this role as a woman and, and that everyone ha has a choice, you know, if they want to, if they have the possibility and they want to be a stay-at-home mom, that's great. Or you want to you know, work and, and, and make a career, which means that sometimes you might feel like you're sacrificing your kids, but it doesn't have to be that way because it's more about showing your kids what's important for you. If work mm -hmm. is important for you, then that's being a role model for your children to understand that this is important for me. Or if you want to be a stay-at-home kid, a stay-at-home parent, then that's a role model as well. Um, but I, I talk about I talk about my personal journey, having been brought up in a family where my mom was an amazing stay-at-home mom and my sister has followed in her footpath, but where for me, it wasn't the natural choice. I wanted to combine working with having children and all of that. And it hasn't always been easy, but it's it what fulfills me. And um, I think uh, everyone's different, but um, I, I kind of share my story and to empower others if they recognize themselves in my story or because I know many of these women are juggling very many different roles. And sometimes you feel that guilt towards family. And so how do you deal family. with that guilt, Anna? What is your story when you say I keep sharing my story in a, a, a minute or so? What is the story you share and how do you deal with the guilt I am now? My baby is only five months old and I go for a haircut and I feel guilty to have left him behind for two hours. So please share, Anna. Well, I think everyone has different levels of guilt. Um, and some people, you know, like, like you maybe feel like I can't go away for a haircut, but it's only natural when it's your first child because I think you maybe feel more guilty in the beginning Um, I almost feel more guilty now with my older kids than my my baby, because I, I tell myself she doesn't remember anything now anyways. But uh, I know my older kids, you know, they they can they can remember and know when I'm away or when I'm not in, present enough with them. Um, but I think I it's again, it's this balance of finding that you're giving your presence and, and attention to, to your children when you're home. And then when you're away, they know why you're away. And they know that, that they know that when you're away working, it's something that you love. Um, I show my speeches to my daughter so that she understands what it is I'm speaking about. And she also, of course, knows the company and, and knows that this is important to me. So I think if children learn to understand that this is, this is something your mother or father is passionate about, it it's, it's inspires them to, to, one day follow their own dreams in something that inspires and is passionate for them. So mm, beautiful. You are someone who puts in place and does her best to follow her dreams. However, not in an ungrounded way, you stay grounded with your family life, with making sure everybody gets what they need, that they're how that your kids are taken care of, that you're, 
partner is also participating yet you tend to say okay let's I love skiing let's try to take a semester off and enroll everyone in another school and go spend a semester in the mountains so that we can live in a new environment for three months and um and this is inspiring it's inspiring that you actually it crosses your mind and yet you question it and you make it happen because a lot of us uh will just take those kind of thoughts as ah oh, i'm just being selfish or too self-indulgent or all of the above and not make it happen so how how do you know when you know going through with one of your amazing dreams is something that is grounded and something that is worth kind of pushing mountains for or something that is a bit maybe a little cuckoo and a bit ungrounded? So I think this mountain one is, you know, one could say that it's selfish to some extent because initially my oldest daughter didn't want to go, which I knew. But I also knew that once she would be here, she would enjoy it. And I knew she would also grow as an individual through this experience, which, you know, this is almost at its end now. And uh, she has grown and she has enjoyed it. So um, but it was definitely selfish in the sense that I was the one who wanted to go here. But I knew that it would it would benefit and give everyone lots of new perspectives and friends and things like that. But I think. It's always, I guess, a question, you know, how much does it benefit just you and how much does it benefit the other family members? And I think as long as it doesn't, doesn't disadvantage anyone or, or cause pain or suffering amongst anyone, then, you know, the happier one or two or three people are, the better. Mm. And I always say, you know, happy, what do they say? Happy wife, happy life. And, uh, and, uh. And uh, that's very true. I've, I've, it's, I, 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 but it's, it does take, you know, I have had to take a few fights to get to, to do that, this, this adventure in the mountains. With your uh, partner as well? No, no, not so many fights, but maybe, you know, discussions. Is it really, you know, is it, should we really be pulling the kids out of school? And, da, 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 and you know, it's more discussions. So it's not, and I, and, And then, you know, I have definitely been the one kind of making it happen in like enrolling and having discussions with school and making sure the curriculums, you know, are somewhat adaptable, like connect and things like that. So, but it's worth it. It's, it's worth the work. It's worth the discussions. Um, and now that people are working from home, it was amazing that you and your partner were able to do your work yeah. remotely like the rest of the world anyways. Yeah. I mean, the timing was perfect considering we would have been in complete lockdown homeschooling otherwise. So it was good timing. Yeah, you sometimes you just have to follow through on, on things and, and not look back. Mm. I think it's a not look back. But you knew deep down. So my question was, how do you know when, when this is a fight really worth fighting for? Or this is something that is maybe a little too ambitious. Um, I don't know. You just feel it. I mean, I, I, I knew that I didn't find this. It, it, it's not like the kids haven't been in school in our case, you know, they've been, we've had, a, for me, it's important to have a, a routine during the day. You know, it's been a life that 
we still wake up at, you know, six, seven in the morning, we go to school, we have dinners together, we go to bed, you know, it's, it's not completely upside down living, which is fine too. It's just, we just switched locations and changed our environment and how we're spending our days and weekends in a way that really, um, uh, yeah, that, that, that's right for us. Mm. So, um, but I think, mm. you know, it's great. I, I, I've met a fantastic family here who live on a boat half of the year. And, and I asked them, I'm like, so what, how do you do with the kids homeschooling? They said, they said, no, no schooling. They just do their own schooling. They say, we read for reading. We write stories for writing. And we, we play Monopoly for math. You know, it's like everyone finds their own way of, of, of living their life. There is no mm. right or wrong. There's just what's, you know, what resonates with you. Mm, beautiful. Beautiful. I think I want to, I think I want to stop here because what you've shared in terms of, um, it is about what resonates with you is, uh, is um, sacred wording for me. Yeah. Um, having, Having moved, um, I'm spending a lot more time in Brussels now that I'm a mother and, and I just was in London for a week and uh, where everybody's so much more uh, unusually dressed and <laughs> their lives, there is so much more different lifestyles that are available and different cultures that you see. And, and, and I love the idea to live in a way that resonates with what is in our deepest core, but also to respect the values of, of our family and the people we are living this life with. And you, you, uh, you are an example of all of that. So thank you. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you for um, choosing to bring me on your podcast. My It's pleasure. Big privilege. Thank you for uh, your time, Anna. Thank you for empowering us. You're also, I will interview you the next time about um, um, how you run your family foundation. So about philanthropy. Uh, but today was very much about woman empowerment, which you're an example of. Enjoy your last weeks in the mountain. And thank uh, you. again, take thank care. You. Bye bye. Thanks a lot. Bye. bye. bye.